We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything Lakers. This is the LakersNation.com podcast. We've got a lot to go over today. It is a solo show, but I need to talk a little bit about Dennis Schroeder. Is he really trying to make his way back to the Lakers? Kyrie Irving, the Nets asking price for him, appears to have been revealed. Can the Lakers meet it? Uh, What are the Lakers up to cap space-wise for the future? If you look at things, it looks like they are planning something. So I want to talk a little bit about that as well. Plus, I've got some other stuff to dive into. But first, before I do, let me get a little bit sappy here for a moment. Uh, If you guys have been following this show for a long time, you may already kind of know the the background. And if not, this is it. I'm actually coming up next month on on seven years with with Lakers Nation. Next month, I'll mark, mark seven years with Lakers Nation. Originally, I was brought in just to write editorials, and I was able to somehow talk them into allowing me to start up the Lakers Nation podcast. This iteration of it. I was not very good at it at the beginning. I'm not saying I'm great now. It's still a work in progress and I believe always will be, but um, talk them into it. And so for the last five, six years, I've been been hosting the show. Eventually our YouTube side really started taking off. The video side of things really, really got going, but we partnered up with Blue Wire back in January and I wanted to bring the level of our podcast quality, quantity, all of that up to, up to par with the video offerings that, that we had. And so we've been putting more and more effort into the podcast side of things. You guys have seen the increase in the number of shows that we've produced. We've had shows out Monday through Friday and oftentimes Saturday and Sunday too, depending on how the game schedule was going. So we've been producing a lot more. And of course, that's meant more for me. That's meant more more for all of the guys out there. You know, Ron Gutterman, Matt the Optimist Peralta, Sean Spaces Davis. Of course, Mark Gunnels. Uh, Chris the Masterpiece Masters, who's still around, still talking to him all the time. Going to have him back on a show soon, I'm sure. Scorpio Sky, everybody that we've had come on. Ryan Ward, of course, editor extraordinaire. Daniel Starkan, Jeff Spiegel, who's filled in, filled in for me every now and then. Matt Moreno. All the different guys that are on the team over at Lakers Nation, the tweet god, Corey Hansford, my goodness, can't leave him out for sure. But we've got so many different people that have come in and contributed to this show. And uh, I checked out the charts, and I'm not going to lie, got uh, got a little bit dusty in here, got a little misty-eyed because I saw, and these charts are, are very fluid, so they're changing all the time. But when I checked it out this morning, uh, the Lakers Nation podcast sat as the number one podcast in the basketball space 
among single team shows. Um, again, not saying it's the number one basketball podcast in the world because that's not that's not accurate. Um, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying in terms of shows that covered just one team, we sat number one on, on the charts um, ahead of all others. And that absolutely blew me away. And again, these are very fluid and shifting all of the time. But still, I think that goes to show um, a sort of payoff for the work that we put in. And I wanted to take a moment and thank all of you uh, for helping us achieve something like that and, and get to where we are right now. It was certainly a moment that made me step back and think about when this show first started. And I, I never would have imagined when we first started this up so many years ago that this would, it would be where we're at, where we are sitting in that space right now. Um, absolutely, absolutely incredible. And uh, I'm so thankful for all of you out there who've been, been watching the show over on YouTube, who've been listening, of course, over on the podcast side. Again, so appreciative of all of you. Uh, we actually ranked number two in the world among all sports shows for shows that covered just one team. And once again, these are very, very fluid. So that could change by, by tomorrow. But nevertheless, I think that's an indicator of the growth that we've seen and really how far we have come. So very, very much appreciated. And again, that was a, a big moment for me to, to sit there and see that and recognize that absolutely absolutely incredible and um yeah I, i'm so thankful and humbled by everybody out there who's been watching our, our shows and our programming all right enough of me being sappy let's talk about some of the news dennis schroeder what is going on there as of right now dennis schroeder is still sitting out there as a free agent of course lakers fans remember dennis schroeder is the guy who turned down 84 million dollars from the los angeles lakers that's what's been the rumor turn that down Two seasons ago, mid-season, that was going to be an extension, thinking he could potentially get more in free agency, and then the money dried up in free agency. He wound up having to take a taxpayer mid-level exception deal from the Boston Celtics. They didn't enjoy the Dennis Schroeder experience that much, so they wound up trading him to the Houston Rockets. Now he sits as a free agent still. Here we are, getting closer to the end of July. The free agency frenzy has come and gone. Dennis Schroeder is still sitting out there. And he had an interaction today with LeBron James on Instagram in which Schroeder finished it off uh, by saying we should run it back. Something to that effect. Talked about running it back with LeBron, suggesting that he would like to come back to the Los Angeles Lakers. And I think it's an interesting concept, right? Because on the surface, when you first hear that, you first hear Dennis Schroeder would like to be a Laker again or Dennis Schroeder putting that message out there on Instagram that he'd be interested in, in potentially returning to the Lakers. You think, no, well, let's not go down that path again. Remember, Schroeder had his chance. He said no. On principle, you, you don't want him back. But talent-wise, Dennis Schroeder is better than a minimum player. Now, is he a pure point guard? No, absolutely not. He is a score first, second, third, fourth point guard. Um, that's just what he is. And there is some skill set overlap with Kendrick Nunn, for sure. Uh, Schroeder is, I, you guys may remember, I called him a bunch of times during that season, an optimistic passer where he made passes where he just kind of hoped that a guy was going to be open. Certainly didn't have a great feel for that part of the game, but he's extremely quick. He can be pretty feisty defensively, even if the advanced metrics didn't show him to be necessarily a great defender. He put in a lot of effort on that end of the floor, which we don't always say about every single player. So he did put in a lot of effort there, and he could score the basketball. If you have Dennis Schroeder, I think it really came down to this. If you have Dennis Schroeder as your starting point guard, you're probably left wanting more. That's probably where you're at. But if he's your reserve, if he's your backup point guard, you're feeling pretty good. 
you're feeling pretty good if he's your point guard coming in off the bench. So for the Lakers, do they even need what Dennis Schroeder has to offer right now? Remember, they do currently have one open roster spot. I think the answer as of this moment is no. With Russell Westbrook on the roster, Kendrick Nunn on the roster, again, there's skill set duplication with Kendrick Nunn and Dennis Schroeder. They're not the same player, both, both of them being score first point guards. Russell Westbrook, certainly more of a score first guy as well. I don't really see the fit on the current roster. However, we know the Lakers are out there exploring trades like crazy. Whether it's Russell Westbrook or not, they're trying to find deals. And so they could wind up in a situation where they end up with an open roster spot. And let's say they do something where they move either Russell Westbrook and or Kendrick Nunn. Could be both of them in a deal. Could be one of them. If you go and you get, let's say you go get Kyrie Irving. You do a Russell Westbrook trade and you go get Kyrie Irving and Kendrick Nunn has to be part of that deal. Well, Dennis Schroeder would actually fit in pretty nicely as a backup point guard. And then if you move Kendrick Nunn and if Russ is still on the roster, he could still be your backup point guard. In fact, I've had some Lakers fans messaging me that Dennis Schroeder would be a better fit than Russell Westbrook is. I'm not quite sure if I'm ready to go that far, but the bottom line is I think he's better than a veteran minimum contract would suggest. And so based on that, based on talent and the fact that the Lakers could use a talent upgrade across their roster, I don't know if you can just immediately dismiss the idea. But again, it would have to be something that you would do after you make some kind of a a move because the roster as it currently stands, I'm probably not using my final roster spot on Dennis Schroeder, even though, again, I think he's more talented than that veteran minimum contract that he would be getting would suggest. But I am curious to know what Lakers fans think. So Lakers Nation, let me know. What do you guys think about potentially bringing back Dennis Schroeder? Would you welcome him back if he was in a bench role, specifically a reserve role? I suppose if there was some trade out there that sent away Russell Westbrook and Kendrick Nunn was still on the team, you could bring in Schroeder and let them battle it out for the starting job. But I don't know if I want to get into all of that with Schroeder again. Remember, he was so adamant on being the team starter when he was with the Lakers and didn't seem to be very comfortable with potentially coming off the bench. Didn't seem like that was anything that he was particularly interested in. I don't know if that mindset is great for the Lakers for this season, but on talent, again, I think he could be actually a fit if if the Lakers make a move. Speaking of which, the Lakers making a, a move. So Dave McMenamin of ESPN was on the low post and he said a number of things on there, the thing that most of us paid a lot of attention to was a bit about Kevin Durant, about the rumor that he's been hearing that Kevin Durant actually, and Keith Smith and I talked about this on the front office show, actually, he asked for a trade after Kyrie Irving opted in because he wants to get away from Kyrie Irving. That this chatter about, well, the Nets might not want to trade Kyrie if they can convince KD to stay, they'll probably just hang on to Kyrie. Dave McMenamin is saying, uh-uh, it's the opposite. In fact, KD requested the trade as soon as Kyrie opted in because he doesn't want to be with Kyrie Irving anymore. So that's obviously something interesting that Dave McMenamin added in. Again, there's all kinds of rumors flying as of this moment. However, he also said that it's pretty clear that LeBron James doesn't want to go through another year with Russell Westbrook. Now, again, there was the report from the other day about LeBron, Russ, and AD all getting on the phone. That was from Chris Haynes and that they're all on the same page should they wind up again on the same team next season so that led to some people thinking okay you know maybe lebron and ad they're on board with this whole idea of running it back with russell westbrook certainly darvin ham has been on the trail making sure that everybody knows everybody hears that he is excited about having russell westbrook on this roster i know lakers fans don't feel the same darvin ham has been pleading for russell westbrook to get another shot been pleading with anybody who will listen in the media to get russell westbrook 
another chance or to get people off of his back a little bit. But Dave McMenamin saying, look, LeBron James, he does not want to go through another season with Russell Westbrook. And for good reason, for good reason. I've said it a bunch of times. Last season was the worst season in Lakers history. I'm not talking about record-wise. I'm talking about experience, fan experience. That was miserable watching that team last season. That was rough. I do this as my job. I am blessed to be able to do this. And that was a grind to get through that season, game in and game out, watching that team. So I empathize with those of you who are out there just doing it on pure passion, watching all of these games. Oh my goodness, not easy to sit through. And LeBron James knows, look, the clock is ticking. He's turning 38 this year. He's only got so much time left. He can't afford to waste another year with Russell Westbrook on the team if he's come to the conclusion that I know so many of us have that Russ, LeBron, and AD, it doesn't work. I've said many times, it's not all Russ's fault. It's not not Russ's fault either. He doesn't get 0% of the blame. It's not all his fault, though. But the bottom line is it doesn't work. And if LeBron James is at that position, too, at that point where he says, you know what, this simply doesn't work, well, he's probably done playing basketball with Russell Westbrook, and it means that the Lakers are going to start to push for a trade, particularly the date to watch, August 4th, is coming up. That's the date that LeBron James is eligible to sign an extension. How much pressure does that put on the Lakers? to find a taker for Russell Westbrook. Not easy to do. Essentially, where we're at as of this point is we're basically hearing that whoever trades for Russ doesn't want Russ. Nobody out there wants Russ right now. If we heard the Knicks thing with Julius Randle, if the Knicks trade for, for Russ, it's because they're going to buy him out. They're using him to get off of Julius Randle's salary. If the Spurs or the Pacers absorb Russ into their cap space, which is sounding like it would have to happen, in order for the Nets trade to go through, in order to get, and we're going to talk about this more in a minute, but in order to get Kyrie Irving from the Nets, Russ would have to go to a third team, which is a complicating factor. But those teams would also just buy him out. They don't want him to play basketball for them. Now, if he gets bought out, some team out there will take a chance on him for a veteran minimum. Who knows? Maybe somebody still has enough of a mid-level exception to give him a little bit more. But on this contract, nobody wants Russell Westbrook right now. So that's going to be the challenge for the Lakers to try to move him and get LeBron in a position where he can win basketball games. Because again, as Dave McMenamin says, LeBron James doesn't want to go through another year of playing basketball with Russell Westbrook. Now, I know the trade right now that's at the top of the Lakers list. list it's at the top of Lakers fans list as well. It's the Kyrie Irving deal. And everybody's waiting to see, can the Lakers pull this off? I do think out of everything we've heard about the backup plans, about it being Patrick Beverly or Eric Gordon or Buddy Heald or whoever else is out there. Maybe something with Utah. If Utah makes the Donovan Mitchell trade, can you get, I don't know, some combination of Mike Conley, William Bogdanovich, uh, could be Patrick Beverly. There's a few guys that, that could go in there from Utah coming back to the Lakers, a few veteran players. Maybe there's something there. But the one that sits at the top of the list still because of the ceiling, it's Kyrie Irving. You go get Kyrie Irving and look, there's headaches that come with it, but it raises your ceiling. I think that's the best chance for the Lakers to have a shot at winning a championship this season. You at least have a puncher's chance that, you know what? We get out there, the depth that the Lakers have, it's not going to be as good as the Clippers' depth. depth. It's not going to be as good as the Nuggets' depth. It's not going to be as good as the Suns' depth. It's just not, right? Even if you get some of these guys to hit, Troy Brown Jr., Lonnie Walker, maybe THT comes back, and has an improved season. Even if some of these younger players do improve, you still don't have the kind of night-in, night-out proven depth that some of the other teams in the West have. So in order to have a puncher's chance, your three best players have got to be better than the other team's 
three best players. And with Kyrie Irving, you've got a chance of doing that. You go do a trade where you get Patrick Beverly and what, Boyan Bogdanovich. That's probably your best case scenario. You get those two guys. Does that move the needle as much? I like both of those and I'd be excited about that trade. I'd be happy with it. But I don't know that those two guys, and I, I would say actually, it's not that I don't know. I don't think those two guys move the needle as much as Kyrie Irving if you can get the best out of him. This is a superstar and he can move the needle to a much greater degree. So what is it that the Nets want? Well, according to Kyle Goon, which again, We've been hearing the Nets, they don't want to do anything until they figure out what's going on with Kevin Durant. Okay, so that, it's important to preference all of this with that. I'm not saying this is on the table and the Lakers, all Rob Palenka has to do is call up Sean Marks and say, deal, and it's done. That's not where we're at. That's not where we're at right now. But according to Kyle Goon, the rumor is what the Nets want in a Kyrie Irving trade it is a first-round pick and second-round picks. Now, I know a lot of you out there, if you're watching, you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening, you're listening on a podcast. Wherever you're at, you are, you're at the gym. You're sitting at home. Whatever you're doing, you're mowing the lawn. You're probably right now saying, or at least thinking, probably in your head screaming, do it, Rob. Do that trade a first and a couple of seconds or something. Do that right now. Pull the trigger. If the Nets are willing, make that happen. Once again, I think the Nets are waiting to find out what's going to happen with Kevin Durant. And and I want to make sure we specify here, that's what the Nets need. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's what the Nets need. Now remember, I talked about this a minute ago. Oh, the Nets don't want Russ. The Nets don't want Russ. That's what we've heard. And if that is indeed the case, that means Russ has to go to a third team. So that's the problem for the Lakers, right? If there's three teams involved, that means the Nets have to get stuff they want and somebody else, whether it's the Spurs or the Pacers, it's pretty much down to those two teams. Spurs or the Pacers, if they're using cap space, it's those two. Those teams are going to need something. And that's where the Lakers are going to struggle to come up with enough assets to get the trade done while giving, let's say it takes a first to the Spurs to get a deal done while you also give a first to the Nets. There's both of your picks going out and the Lakers have been reluctant to do that. So when we hear this on the surface, we hear, oh, the Nets want a first and a couple of seconds. Cool. No problem. Do that deal all day. We got to remember that other stuff would have to go out. That other first round pick 2027 or 2029 would have to go to the team getting Russell Westbrook because they're not going to take him for free. Like I said, nobody wants Russ. 
If the Spurs are going to get Russ, they're going to eat into their cap space, use their cap space in order to get him. They're going to want a first round pick. Now, that's where it gets complicated for the Lakers. And that's where it becomes hard to pull off a deal because now you're not just rewarding one team, right? You're not just paying one team. Now you're paying two teams. And I don't think the Lakers have enough assets to do that. That's where this gets really, really challenging. But again, that is, according to Kyle Goon, the Orange County Register, the price that the Nets want if they're going to move Kyrie Irving. The question then becomes, can the Lakers somehow incentivize another team to take on Russ's contract while doing that? Now, keep in mind, let's say we work out a scenario where the Spurs are sending, I don't know, let's say they send Josh Richardson to the Nets. Maybe they want more than just a first. Maybe they want a first and a couple of seconds or something like that. Then the Nets can, can get a big trade exception if they're just sending out Kyrie. Josh Richardson makes about $12 million. Kyrie's 36, 37 million. So you've got the difference between those two as a trade exception then to the Nets. So that provides value as well. So there's still a lot of moving pieces in here, but the asking price, what the Nets want for Kyrie, doesn't sound that bad on the surface until you remember that you're going to have to pay another team to actually take on Russell Westbrook because the Nets don't want to go down that path. Um, so again, that's the challenge for the Lakers right now. It's not just the situation where do they have enough assets in order to get Kyrie Irving? It's do they have enough assets in order to get Kyrie Irving and move Russell Westbrook and pay a team to take him on and absorb some of that salary? Again, the teams to keep an eye on. San Antonio, Indiana. Those are the two teams that are out there. And we did get some confirmation today from Jake Fisher that what he's heard is that both the Pacers and the Spurs indeed are planning on not using that cap space to sign somebody, not using that cap space to go put a scare into Cleveland by signing Colin Sexton to a big offer sheet. No, they want to use that cap space that they have saved in order to take on salary in exchange for future picks. They want to be paid in picks. So that's important that they were both of that mindset. So in theory, they're both out there to make a deal with the Lakers and to make something possible with the Nets. However, however, again, I don't know if the Lakers have enough assets in the cupboard to pull it off. We have also heard that the Lakers, part of the reason why they are being so conservative with their picks, while why they are pushing back so much, why they only want to give up one first in the Kyrie trade, part of it is, yeah, they want to make sure they've got future assets for other trades, whether it's next season or the season after, whatever. But also, Rob Palenka reportedly has the goal of not making Buddy Heald a backup plan or Eric Gordon a backup plan, but instead trying to land them after getting Kyrie. You get one of Eric Gordon or Buddy Heald. That makes a lot of sense. Now, I would also suggest that if you can find a way to get Joe Harris in the Kyrie deal, maybe that simplifies things. Kill two birds with one stone. Get the shooter that you need plus Kyrie Irving, right? That's, that's the goal there. If you go get Eric Gordon or you get Buddy Heald, and I would argue that Joe Harris, if he's healthy, is in that same tier with Buddy Heald and Eric Gordon. Uh, Seth Curry is also up there as well. So if you can find a way to simplify it and just get one of those guys, okay, maybe maybe you've got something you can work with there. But the end game here for the Lakers, the, the best case scenario is you get Kyrie and you add another shooter because let's face it, you look at this Lakers roster, I've talked about this. If you take their shooting totals from last season, they would rank this season as the worst three-point shooting team in the league. Kyrie Irving alone isn't going to fix that. You need another shooter coming in in addition to improvement from some of the young Lakers, Stanley Johnson, Austin Reeves, Taylor Horton Tucker, Anthony Davis needs to get his three-point shot back on track. If that kind of stuff happens, 
then you can move into more of a middle-of-the-pack three-point shooting team, and that would go a long way towards bringing the Lakers success this season. So all things to keep an eye on, but remember, the Lakers are not just looking at Kyrie. They're looking at other moves as well, potentially other moves that they can do after getting Kyrie Irving. But once again, we are starting to hear more and more People are saying it's unlikely that it happens. Even Adrian Wojnarowski said today that it's unlikely that the Lakers get Kyrie Irving now. I think there's just been so much time has passed since this all started. There's been too much going on, too many things to kind of muck this all up. And now here we are, and I think the bottom line is the Lakers are just kind of out of assets if they are trying to get someone to take on Russell Westbrook. Tough spot to be in. But again, we have heard from many different people that it's still expected the Lakers are going to do something. They're going to get something done. Hopefully, they can figure out some way to resurrect this Kyrie Irving situation because, like I said, that's probably their best chance to actually contend for a championship. But the Lakers also have to keep an eye on the future. That's the job of the front office. That's the job of Rob Palenka. And if you look at their future right now, you look at the way their cap space is set up. Interesting, especially when you look at what the Lakers did this summer. We've talked all about the offseason of 2023. We've talked about the fact that right now, the Lakers have two contracts on the books as of this moment. Well, technically three. You've got Anthony Davis. He's under contract for next season. You've got Taylor Horton Tucker has a player option. Damian Jones has a player option. Now, Damian Jones is on a minimum contract, so not too worried about that. I don't think the Lakers are too concerned about that either. But player options for THT and Damian Jones, Anthony Davis being the only one under contract. And then you look at what the Lakers did. Aside from Damian Jones, giving him a player option for a second year, which looked, if that was the difference between getting him or not, okay. But Lonnie Walker, one-year deal. Juan Toscano-Anderson, one-year deal. Troy Brown Jr., one-year deal. Thomas Bryant, one-year deal. Why would you do that? Why would you do a bunch of one-year deals with players? Now, veteran minimum contracts tend to be one-year deals, but even Lonnie Walker, even Lonnie Walker, it's a taxpayer mid-level exception deal and you didn't do multiple years on it, just one year. And so that's got me thinking. Because really, if you're the Lakers and you're talking to a player that's not one of the top tier guys in the NBA, if you can get multiple years on one of these contracts, that could be really beneficial, right? Let's say that you get Troy Brown Jr. for two years on that contract. And in year one, hey, he's still young. What is he, 22? He's still young. Let's say on year one of that contract, he hits. And the next thing you know, you've got him the next year too on a bargain price. Worst case, he doesn't hit. Oh, well, it's a minimum. That's easy to move. Might even just be able to waive that. That's easy, right? And yet the Lakers didn't do that. Now, possible that these players didn't want to sign multi-year contracts, but also possible the Lakers didn't want to go there. I mean, look, word came out that Bruce Brown for the Denver Nuggets, who we were all kicking ourselves saying, man, why they got him for a taxpayer mid-level. Why didn't the Lakers get in on that? Or Otto Porter Jr. with the Toronto Raptors. Why didn't the Lakers get in on that? Any of these multi-year deals, it seemed the Lakers just weren't offering them. Now, again, maybe Bruce Brown wasn't interested in becoming a Laker. Maybe Otto Porter Jr. just wanted to be a Raptor, and that was it. Possible. But it feels like there's something more to this that the Lakers are specifically trying to keep their cap space clean, which would suggest that a Julius Randle trade is very, very unlikely because Randle has four more years under contract. So it would take a drastic turn for the Lakers suddenly to do a trade for Randle. Now, moving off of Russell Westbrook, maybe that's worth it. 
I've seen a lot of Knicks fans who have been saying, well, the Lakers would add in both their first. Oh, no, no, no. If Rob Polinka puts in two firsts with Russell Westbrook to get Julius Randle and his contract, that's, I, I can't imagine Rob surviving next summer. He would be, he would be gone. I would have to imagine because that's a massive overpay. If anything, you could make the argument the Knicks should be the side throwing stuff in because of how much money is left on Julius Randle's contract and how bad he was last season as well. It's not like he's coming off as all-star season. No, he's coming off a very down season, but regardless, not going to get in a fight with Knicks fans over that. Um, the Lakers right now are set to have all of this cap space moving forward. So LeBron, the big date coming up is August 4th. If LeBron is not willing to sign that extension, the Lakers have positioned themselves. While I would have liked to have seen them get some of these young guys on longer term contracts, because ultimately those can be major wins for the franchise. It's a low risk, potentially decent sized reward. If you can find somebody who hits and they're on a cheap contract for a few years out, that can be very, very valuable. But it appears like the Lakers are angling to try to have as much possible cap space as they can get for 2023. We haven't heard of them really offering more, again, aside from Damian Jones, than a single year. Anybody, even when it would be advantageous to the Lakers. So, again, what do they have up their sleeve? Remember, Austin Reeves is going to have to be paid after this year. Taylor Horton Tucker, if he's on the team to start the year, could have could be on the roster, could have a, a player option that year that he could pick up. Um, maybe he gets traded before then, but the Lakers appear set for flexibility next offseason. Whatever that means. Maybe that means building a team around Anthony Davis. If LeBron James says, you know what? You guys, we're stuck with Russell Westbrook. We're going to run out this season. We're going to do everything we can. And then next summer, I'm going to go somewhere else. Well, the Lakers then get to decide, do we want to take all the cap space that we've got, build around Anthony Davis? Do we want to trade Anthony Davis and then really try to start from scratch and build from the ground up with, of course, the complication that they don't have as many of their future first-round picks. They still have some picks owed, well, one pick owed and a pick swap to the New Orleans Pelicans. So that's a factor as well. And I wonder how much of this is holding up a Kyrie Irving situation. Has LeBron given the Lakers insurances that he will sign an extension if they bring in Kyrie Irving? Because if not, giving up that cap space that the Lakers are looking at. Again, if LeBron signs an extension, that cap space goes away. But if he's not willing to do that, the Lakers are looking at 2023 having incredible amounts of flexibility to do just about whatever they want. They can go a lot of different directions if LeBron decides to walk away. And I'm not saying that's ideal. I don't think it is. I think the ideal situation is LeBron signs the extension and you go on and you continue to try to win basketball games. But they put themselves in a position where they can actually be in a spot to move a number of different ways, regardless of what LeBron decides this next offseason. If he decides he's not signed an extension, they've got cap room to go make some things happen in a number of different ways. So something to keep an eye on as this whole Kyrie thing plays out, as these backup plans play out for guys like Buddy Heald, guys like Eric Gordon, keep an eye. Do the Lakers take on salaries that go beyond this year? So far, we've heard they've been resistant to that and they have succeeded in adding players to their roster without putting money on the books for 2023. So I think we're going to have a really good indication of what it is that they are prioritizing by what they do next. Are they willing to eat into that cap space or do we see them only target guys who have one year remaining on their deal? Because again, we've heard from Jeannie Buss, from Rob Palenka, 
from Adrian Wojnarowski that the Lakers are not done. I expect more moves to come, whether it's Kyrie or otherwise. But Lakers Nation, give me your thoughts in the comment section. Again, if you're over on Apple Podcasts, leave us that, that five-star rating and review. We certainly appreciate it. If you're on YouTube, let me know what you think about all this. Dennis Schroeder, back in purple and gold. Is that a good idea? LeBron James, is he really just done playing with Russell Westbrook? What does that mean for the Lakers' options this offseason? What are your thoughts on the Lakers, their long-term plan? And that asking price for Kyrie Irving, if it's correct from Kyle Goon, a first-round pick and second-rounders, do you think the Lakers can figure out a way to get that done, even if they still have to pay a third team to take Russell Westbrook? Give me your thoughts in that comment section. Don't forget, subscribe over on the YouTube channel as well. Turn on those notifications. Till next time, everybody. See ya, and stay safe. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.